0: With me, walk with me, lest mine eyes no longer see all the glory, all the story of your love. Talk to me, talk to me. Like you spoke so tenderly, when you talk there, when you walk there by the sea, let me fall. of Galilee Let me learn to pray Like he prayed In the garden of Gassim Take my hand take my hand oh, and teach me teach Lord, me Lord, to, Lord understand to understand all my duty Talk to me, talk to me, lest my ears no longer hear all the wonder, all the beauty of your grace. Walk with me, walk with me. Yeah. Shores of Galilee and Let me learn to pray Like he prayed In the garden of Gassim Me, Lord, Lord, to to understand understand. all my duty, Duty, all the beauty beauty. of your. Take my
1: Song, didn't you? Wasn't that beautiful, boy? I tell you, the preacher and his group there—I'm telling you—they they sound about as good as you're going to hear. That's good, and I like that song, boys. It was really, really great, wasn't it? And uh, good to be with you here again this morning. It's hard to believe it's went this quick, hadn't it? But we got two services or three left. Brother Johnson to preach uh, this morning and the night, and me willing tonight and this morning. So if you'll take your Bible and look at Luke 17, Brother Manny, good to see you this morning and uh, good to see you dear folks here this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with uh, your church here at Anchor and Brother Bell and a dear, dear friend. And what an opportunity and I appreciate it very much. I want to try to help you as much as I can here so if we'll begin reading in verse number uh, verse number 11. If you want to stand with me one more time. And in a verse 11, it says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. And it came to pass as that as they went they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that are returned to give glory to God save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made uh, thee whole. Now, in verse number 15, the verse starts out and says, And one of them. Now, we've heard sermons uh, a lot on where are the nine and all that. But I'm not going to talk about the nine too much. I not want to talk about that one of them. It says that one of them. I want to be one of them. I want to be one of them. And uh, I want to ask you today, this is the title of the sermon, Are You One of Them? A lot of nines out there, but are you one of them? Different, this, this one was different than the rest of them. So let's pray. Father, help us now as we try to preach. Lord, may we be a blessing. I've so much enjoyed this week and being here with my good friend, Brother Bell, and these other dear folks that make up this church and preachers and hearing Brother Johnson preach and the great music and the good fellowship and all of it, Lord, has been wonderful. Lord, please help me as I've already asked you this morning and ask you again. Please help me, I pray, to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated and uh, Jesus asked the question after he had cleansed these ten when this one came back. He said, whether or not? Ten cleansed? and the answer to that is yes, there was. Yes, sir. yes, now Jesus knew there was, but he was asking that one whether whether wasn't there ten of them, and just one came back. And you know, preacher, it sort of seems like it that's way about soul winning and all the rest of it, building the church. If you get out here and you you win a ton of people to Christ, but you're fortunate if you just keep one or two of them you know, out of all the ones that you get so that's just the way it is but it wasn't any different here for Jesus he had ten that he cleansed and only one came back but I love what it says about this one that came back it says in verse number 15 and one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back in other words he came back to Jesus he knew what happened and you know this is exactly the way in the day we're living you're just going to have a handful of people that is that will be one of them going right. to be a lot of them that got saved there will be a lot of them that, that uh, they they say they're saved they're members of the church but there's only a, there's a few of them that's different and it says and one of them now I just want to say today that I want to be like that one of them I'm going to be like those other nine, and just, you know, go along and say, yeah, I'm glad I'm cleansed. That's the end of it, and that's about it. I don't see where they came back, and uh, but this one came back. Now, I want to be one of them. Very simple message this morning. I want to be one of them that worships him, uh, down in uh, verse uh, number 15, and one of them saw that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God. Look at this. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Uh, this one came back and worshiped. Hey, you know something? I want to uh, I want to worship the Lord. Now, I believe sometimes we call our, our public service, our church service, we call them, and sometimes churches will put it on their signs of worship at 11 o'clock and 7 o'clock. I'll tell you something. The best worship service you get in is when it's just you and Him. And right here, Brother Johnson, it was just it was just this Samaritan that had been a leper. Brother Johnson talked about lepers yesterday. What an awful disease it is! It just literally eats a person away. It's, it devours them. And this man, when he looked, and now his skin looks like that of a baby. And he starts looking, and there's not a blemish on him. Brother, he takes off running back, and he heads back for where Jesus is. And when he got there, Brother Bill, he didn't just get there. He fell down on his face. He fell down on his face. You know something? Listen, that's a good way to start today. That's a good way to start today. Just get on your face. Amen. And, uh, uh But uh, he glorified God for his conversion. He, he know he'd been cleansed. He, he know he'd been that something that. Hey, do you just take time every day somewhere to just thank God for the day that God saved you? You know I've never got over it. Hey, and look, when you do get over it, you're in trouble. See, the problem with these other men, it weren't that they weren't cleansed. The problem was they just they got they got over it too quick. And this one came back. And he came back. And I like what Brother Bell said today. All these many years, he's been pastor of this church and, and he's been saved. He's still here, still with it. Amen. Why? Because he's one of them. Amen. He's one of them. And you know something? When you're one of them, it's hard to hide. Yeah. You know, Peter, even though he wasn't right with God, he was one of them. Yeah, and you know what? Them, gir- them That little damsel, when she come out, Brother Manning, when she looked at him, she said, "Hey, you're one of them. You're one of them." He said, "No, I'm not." But it, it was all over. But It's one of them. And let me tell you, when you're one of them, it's gonna come out. When you're one of them, you know why? Because you'll be the one that that uh, that uh, worships him. You'll thank him every day for your uh, for your conversion and cleansing, what God did for you, buddy. I thank God. I'm being honest with you. If If the Lord hadn't intervened in our home in 1969, if the Lord hadn't intervened and moved on my mother's heart, she wouldn't say, but God dealt with her, about taking me and my brothers, two brothers and a little sister, to the house of God the next morning. We walked about a mile to a little Baptist church and got inside, and we sat down in the back. The building was packed full. And a big old tall lanky preacher named Gene Garlow got up and preached the gospel. And my mother stepped out that morning and went to Christ and got saved. And uh, the next Sunday night, the next Sunday night, I got saved. But hey, God changed her. I mean, listen, when she got saved Sunday morning, Amen. they wasn't nobody had to come see her about coming back Sunday night. We, we went back. Hey, Wednesday night, we went. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And it was like that all the way till I, I left home and got married when I was eighteen. But listen, uh, God moved moved in there, and my mother got saved. And brother, it was it was awful. She is one of them. And you know what? I wanted to be one of them. So Amen. the next next Sunday, I got saved. Let me tell you something. I, I think about if God had not got in our home brother man just the way things was my daddy was the most honest man i ever met and a hard-working man he worked i mean he was a worker he kept a job daddy always worked and and even when he was at home we had a farm 32 acre farm he worked but my dad before he got saved was bad to drink and lots of times on friday night he'd he'd come in from work and clean up and we wouldn't see him again till sunday night they went on a lot, and then drank through the week, too, and how he worked and kept a job and stuff. I don't know how he'd done it all. I don't know how he done it. He was tough as a pine knot, But he was rough. He was rough, rough. I mean, listen, every day of my life in our home, I heard cussing. Every day of my life, uh, there's fighting and fussing and cussing, and all that stuff went on all the time. And my uncles, all of them, were rough, fighters and drinkers. And it was just a rough outfit. And the only thing that kept me out of the penitentiary or from going to hell was the fact that one day Jesus Christ saved my son. That's the only thing. That's it. The the grace of God is the only thing. Now look right here. So the least I can do is be one of them and get on my face every day and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the day that you reached down and saved this old sinner. And you saved me. Clean me up and, and Lord, uh, uh, give me a good uh, wife and a good family. And, God, you've been good to me and you've blessed me. And I, I really, uh, and, and I, I just want to say I thank him every day and I think about it every day. It crosses my mind several times a day what God has done, that he saved me and he cleansed me. And and uh, then uh, uh, for all he done, he converted me, and saved me. Hey, let me tell you something else. One day he called. I'm gonna tell you something. If I would have been looking for preachers, I'd have walked right by me so fast. It would have been like a paid train passing a tramp. I wouldn't have. I would. I wouldn't have stopped. And but let me tell you, one day God does some strange things sometimes. He really does. God does some things sometimes you just can't. I mean, you look at it and say, well, "Why did God do that?" I don't know. But I'm sure glad He did. Amen. And there's not one day, Brother Bill, not one day, not one day in my life, not a day, that I don't thank him for saving me and then calling me to preach. Paul said that I thank God that he counted me faithful, having put me in the ministry. I mean, God put me in it. I had a, I had a man meet me one day, uh, he's a neighbor of mine, and, and a man said he's called to preach and uh, uh, wanted to meet with me. And, and eat lunch, so we did. We met. And he said, Brother Cox, I want to ask you a question. He said, "He said, I've tried to get to get church and, and, and preach. And he said, I've tried to get meetings, and uh, it, it, just, it, it just hadn't worked for me. He said, I want to find out what you did so I can do it and, and get them. And I said, Brother, I ain't got a clue. I said, I don't have one clue. Absolutely I don't know. He said, You mean you don't you didn't apply for a church? And I said, No, sir. No, sir. I did not. He said, Well, how'd you get in it? I said, God put me in That's it. I I pray pray. Pray. He said, Well, what about meetings? You preach all the time preach, and said, how did it happen? I said, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I said, "Somebody call me, I said, Could you come these days and preach? And if I got to open, I'll go. He said, you don't call. I said, I don't call. And he said, well, how can you explain it? I said, you can't explain it. You cannot explain it. But I know where it comes from. I just don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened. I don't know why God did what he did. I don't know why. I don't know why God does some of the things he does. But let me tell you something. I want to be one of them, though, that worships him and is thankful. Hey, you better, and let me tell you something. You better be thankful. I'm afraid we're spoiled. I bought a car this week, and I was in a car dealership, and I was sitting there, and this guy had been there seven days. And I met him as soon as I walked up in the parking lot, and he'd been there seven days. And uh, we got to talking, and uh, I witnessed to him, gave him a track, and everything, talked to him a little bit. And uh, we went inside and sat down, and he said, Preacher, he said, you're not going to believe. He said, in just a few days, I've been here, what I've seen. He said, I had a grand, a boy and his grandmother coming here yesterday. The boy 17, 18 years old. I want to buy a car. But the grandmother was going to pay for the car. And he showed her this car he wanted, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't, she said, I can't, I can't do that. She couldn't afford it. And listen, that boy said, that, this car salesman said that that boy cussed his grandmother. He said, right here with us, standing here. he said, cuss, cussing her out. And he said, she just drop her head. And he said, when it didn't work out for him to buy a car, I mean, she couldn't afford what he wanted. They got the car left, he was driving and said he went out of the parking lot and, and while driving and hit one of our new cars up here, Hit a brand new car. And you know something? I never met the boy. I still never seen him. You know what's wrong with him? He's not thankful for nothing. That's right, right. And let me tell you something, brother. You, let me tell you something. You ought to be thankful for everything God's yeah, done amen. for you. He saved you. I'm talking about every bite of food. I'm talking about every pair of shoes you got to wear on your feet. Yeah, yeah, See, I remember listening to the time Brother Bell when you got a pair of shoes, and, and, and I tried to get you to feel sorry for me, but I got a pair of shoes. They had to last. Yes, sir. I mean, they wasn't. You didn't have two or three pairs sitting there. You got a pair of shoes, and I can remember, brother, shoes that the nails had come up through the heel. We put cardboard in them. I don't know if there's anybody sitting here that, that even happened to you. But we'd put a piece of cardboard and try to take a hammer and beat them nails down flat on the inside and then lay a piece of cardboard in there. And when you come in from school, you'd take them, you'd take them shoes and put them up. And then you'd get out there and either go barefooted, you had no raggedy pair of tennis shoes or something like that. And you didn't, you didn't tear up your shoes. And so now, listen, I've got several pairs of shoes. Hey, listen, yeah, I know you think I'm crazy. I thank God for every one of them. Amen. Every suit of clothes I got. Amen. Everything. And I take time every day you see you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. See why? Because I want to be one of them. Amen. I want to be one of them. Amen. I don't want to be like that nine that never thinks where nothing comes from, never thinks that's what's wrong with our country now. Amen. Folks, God has been good Amen. to this nation. God's Amen. been good to us. And brother, we never one time look up and say, Dear God in heaven, it's you that your face has shined. Yeah. I went in yesterday afternoon. We had at our morning service. And I was in there just a little bit at the motel and turned the news on and seen one of the prime leaders of Israel uh, talking. And, and, and then giving a talk to America. And it said, a bunch of people boycotted said it's against Israel and all that kind of stuff and I thought brother let me tell you you better thank God for them Jews and, and our salvation come out of that country you better be good to them if I was the president of the United States the first thing I'd do is take up a love offering and send it to Israel you say why? because God said he'd bless them that blesses the Jews Amen. Amen. hey man hey but I want to be thankful to the Savior. I want to worship him. I want to be the one who worships him. I'm hurrying. I want to be the one who walks with him. Brother Bell, I love that song you sang. I want to walk with him. Hey, you know what? If you walk with him long enough, you you might get up sad, but you'll leave glad. You might get up in the morning sad, but if you get with him, you'll leave glad. Hey, remember old Cleophas and his wife and uh, uh, Luke uh, 24 and Christ had been crucified and they just knew he was dead and they were walking, uh, Cleophas and Mary on uh, the road to Emmaus headed toward the house and out of the shadows getting up late in the evening, dark towards dark, a stranger they thought stepped out of the shadows and began to walk with them and he said, why are you walking along here so sad? You know, you really wonder sometimes why so many Christians look so, they look so sad. They look sad looking. You know what? There ought to be something about us. There ought to be a little bit of victory in mind in your life. And uh, and Jesus said, why are you walking along here sad? They said, have you not heard? He said, heard what? They said, about Jesus of Galilee, our Savior said, they crucified him on the cross. And Jesus walked along there, and he sort of whetted their appetite and talked a little bit with them. They got to the fork of the road, and the Bible said he made as though he would have went on. But they, they, said, they constrained, said, oh, come on, go, go with us. And my wife here can put a little something up to eat just in a little bit, and we'll talk some. And Jesus went home with Cleophas and Mary. And she got to fix some food, and Jesus sat down there, and, and the Bible said their eyes were holding. In other words, they could—they didn't know it was Jesus. And and Jesus uh, opened up them Old Testament scriptures, and he began to preach Christ. Amen. And boy, listen—they was listening. I could see Mary Steniver stirring that pan and, and and getting that food going and listening to. And he's sitting there listening. And they give him a piece of broiled and honeycomb, and he's sitting, he eat and he eat, and then. When their eyes opened, he vanished out of their sight. He vanished with me, said it's him. And the Bible said, Cleophas said to his wife, did not our hearts burn while he talked with us? Yeah. Preach that song you sang a while ago. Let me walk with you. You talk with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's the greatest thing in the world to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't mean just be saved. These others is clean. They they, they got they got cleansed. They were healed. But I don't see where they ever, there's no relationship. And there's a lot of people, all they want is a fire insurance policy. And they get saved, and that's as far as they go. But let me tell you, there's so much more to the Christian life. When you begin to fellowship with him, and walk with him and talk with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. And let me tell you something. I want to be one of them yeah, that walks with him and talks with him. I like. I, I got a book called uh, Holy Ann, the Irish Saint. And they said Holy Ann, uh, of course, was in Ireland and she got saved and she's illiterate, you know. And said Holy Ann uh, got saved she just fanatical, you know, serving God and praying and all of that and people. She asked God to let her be able to read the Bible. She said, if you'll let me read the Bible, I won't take time to try to read nothing else. And so God gave her an ability, and she learned to read. She could read the Word of God, but she couldn't read nothing, nothing else much. So one day they said, that's, uh, that's a bunch of bony that she she can, she can read. And so somebody took a newspaper down there to her, where she's at and said, Ann, read this. Can you read this right here? And said she looked at it. And it was some article about some something in England, some Lord somebody, had about some Lord so-and-so in there. And said she looked over that article and said, there's one word in there that I can make out. Yeah. And she said, it's the word Lord. He said, that's right. She said, but, she said, it must not be talking about my Lord because when I read it, my heart don't burn. It must be talking about somebody else. And it was. Hey, let me tell you something. Me and you ought to get to where we got spiritual heartburn. Amen. You say, how do you get it? Being one of them Amen. that walks with him and worships him. Amen. And then I want to be one of them that witnesses for him. I want a witness for him. I want to tell other people about him. This morning, leaving the the motel, I seen a a cleaning lady in the hall, and and, uh, I stopped, and I handed her a little money and and a gospel tract from your church, and I said, ma'am, my room don't need any attention. It don't need anything done, but I know you clean this floor. I know you work hard probably really getting some real message in some of these rooms. I said, I'm going to give you a little money here. She didn't you know what to say. I said, but the greatest thing I'm giving you is that piece of paper right there that tells you how you can know for sure that if you die, you're going to heaven. I want you to take time. I want you to read that. And I want you to, to ask the Lord to save you. And she was busy, and I didn't try to get her in trouble with taking her off of her job. But I want to witness. I want to be a witness. What's a witness? Somebody that tells what they know to be a fact. I was in a car wreck years ago. I had a 68 Chrysler New Yorker. That thing was long as a three-week payday. I mean, look, it was a long four-door, huge, long trunk and hood, and had a little bit of work done on it. was taken at home, and a, and a girl ran a stop sign in a 64 Chevrolet and hit a car coming and knocked that car into me and tore the whole front off my Chrysler. My little boy was with me at that time. Steve's so a grown man now, but he's a kid. Then that happened. And I put my hand over here when I seen it coming. And neither he he nor I, we were not hurt. But I went out and tried to help that woman. Her head was cut. And I tried to help her, and I seen the whole thing happen. Well, it all got cleared up. But about a month or two later, I got a letter in the mail that said, You're subpoenaed to court to witness a wreck that happened on highway. And I said, oh, man, it's that wreck that happened. I went down there when I walked. I'd never been in anything like this. I walked in. They said to come up here, and they swore me in. I said, will you tell the truth? I said, absolutely. <laughs> yes, I will. So they got me up there, and they said, Mr. Cox, they took a blackboard, not big as that one of them boards right there, and give me a piece of chalk said, would you draw exactly, there was state police that was there that day, they were sitting there, courtroom would you draw and tell us what happened? And I showed the intersection and showed where that girl was coming from. She ran that stop sign and hit this other car and knocked it into me. I said, that's what happened. Exactly what happened. You know what I did? I was the only one, they said other than the people wrecked it, saw it. I was a witness. I was an eyewitness. Now let me tell you something. I'm a witness. I got inside information. Amen. I'm saved by the grace of God. Amen. Hey, and, and I read in here where I'm supposed to be a witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the uttermost part of the earth. I want to be one of them that speaks up for him. Yeah. Amen. I want to. I, I want to. I want to be a witness for him. I want to be one of them. Hey, you know what? John the Baptist was a witness. He was a witness. Carl Hatch was a witness. Yeah, right. Curtis Hudson was a witness. Right. Hey, listen, Doctor Housel's a witness. Right. I want to be a witness. Yeah, I want to tell people. I want to witness to my neighbors. Right. I'd lived in the area I live in, I've been there twenty years now, but when I first got there, I was busy then preaching and going and pastoring and just just busy, just busy. And I'd been there about two and a half months and realized that I had not been to my neighbor's house. Yeah. You know what I did? I got me a, a handful of tracks. And one Saturday afternoon, after I took off the bus route, I went door to door in my neighborhood, to every house, and went and knocked on the door and, and introduced myself and said, I want you to forgive me. And they said, for what? I said, I've lived here two and a half months, and I've not even been here to tell you that God loves you and that Jesus is, is saves And I've not even been here to witness find out if he was going to heaven or hell. And they didn't know what to say. And when I would say, though, I want you to forgive me. I haven't been here. Here's your gospel trap. I want to be a witness. I want to be a witness. And you know something? I witnessed to my neighbor live right in my back door, right in the back door. And I couldn't do anything with him. But one day he called me and said, Pastor, he said, can you come over here? I went over there, and he was sitting in a chair, And to tell him, was troubled, just looking at him. He said, preacher, I have cancer in a bad way, and they tell me I'm not going to live but a few months. And he broke down and he started crying. He said, you know what you come talk to me about over here before? And I said, yeah, I'm about getting saved. He said, yeah, he said, let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. But I've done been there to see him. Are you following me? I preach preach his funeral. I want to be one of them that witnesses. Hey, I want to be one of them, listen, that's watching for him to come. Hey, you know what? If you're watching for him to come, you know what it'll do? You'll you'll do right. Hey, you'll keep your standards. If you think the Lord's coming, you know something, I might, if it's 11 o'clock at night, 10 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I might put on some pajamas if I'm home. 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I'm getting ready to go to bed. But before that, I'm going to look about like I look right now all the time. You say, why? Because I don't know who might be coming. Man, I have people come. They might be a neighbor come. They might be anybody come. And I don't want to have to go to the Say why I'm looking for somebody to come. Let me tell you something. If you're looking for the Lord to come, you'll dress right. If you're looking for the Lord to come, you'll keep your clothes on. I don't care how hot it gets. I, I'm same all time. I don't care. I, I'm not going. I ain't going to change it. And I'm not changing. in these days, when people said y'all change, I see all that. I, I don't understand some things. I see things now. Maybe the missions board teach him to do it. I don't know, but I see a whole family going to mission field, and a man with his shirt about a half open, no tie on, and a pair of blue jeans with a sport coat on. Now, folks, I'll be honest with you, they don't look appropriate to me. Amen. to yeah. I mean, put a tie on if you're, going, if you're going to be a preacher. you ought to look like what? If you're a man of God, look like a man of God. Everything, I think you ought to look like a man of God head to toe. That's what I think. And so, since I think that and believe that, I'm going to stay with that. I ain't changing. I ain't changing. It's just the way it is. Wherever I go, that's the way it's going to be. And listen to me I'm not changing my preaching in these days. I'm not changing my preaching so people stay or leave. It's exactly the way it was then. Last Saturday, I had one of the best time closing. I'm through preaching. I had a, a young lady that I was there when she was born, when Mama uh, gave birth to. Her. I was to hospital 30-some years ago. Well, she's got a six-year-old girl now, and that girl, this this young girl, this girl in her 30s, her and her she married a boy that wasn't in our church, so they left. They are members of another church. It's not even like us. church not like ours. But her, they, they showed up last Wednesday night at our place. And I saw them there, and I thought, well, it's strange. You know, they're here. Well, after the church is over, the man, not, not the girl that I was there when she was born, but the man, her husband, walked up and said, Pastor Cox. I said, yeah. He said, we, we believe God's dealing with our little girl. We believe God's dealing with her about salvation. I said, wonderful. He said, will you come by our house Saturday? Talk to her. Whether a member of the church or the place? I said, yeah, I'll come. He said, just call Olivia and let her know what time you would be good for you. He said, afternoon. He said, we'll, we'll be there. I said, okay, I'll be I went over there, and that little girl was ready to be saved. She, God was really, I mean, he had really dealt with her heart about salvation. She was ready. I went through everything with her. She understood it all. And when I got to ready to leave her in the sinner's prayer, man, she just took off and started praying. saved, her mother was standing over there and when she got saved I said, Ivy are you saved? Did you trust God? Yes sir I know I'm saying. Praise God. I said that's great. Her mother was standing there and she was bawling, and she said pastor the reason we come last week night, we know that you know salvation and we know that you could tell her how to be saved She said, because all of my life I've known you and you're exactly today like you was the first time I ever seen you. She said, you've not changed one bit. Now, I don't know if she meant that as a compliment or not, but I sure did take it as brilliant. I'm glad that she said, boy, it ain't like it was back in the old days when I remember you. When you used to do this and y'all used to sing that. And you used to preach this, and you used to use this songbook, and and you used to do this. Same stuff. We've had to put down some carpet. We've had we had to pave our parking lot this week. Some stuffs wore out that we had to resurface and repaint. But brother, we just put a no coat of paint on and keep going. We, we're gonna keep the same stuff. You say why? Cause I want to be one of them. I want to be one of. I want to be like that song. You say, I want to follow in his footsteps. I want to be one of them. I want to walk with him and talk with him and witness for him and worship him and be thankful. I want to just be one of them. Can I ask you a question? Are you one of them or are you like that nine? Hadn't heard from him since then. Well, I saved him, but hadn't heard from him. Hadn't heard from him. Brother, that's pitiful. That's pitiful. Those nine are pathetic to me. Well, they were cleansed. Yeah, they sure was. That's the pity of it. They were cleansed, but that's all you can say for them. They got saved. That's it. the poor, thank God for that one to come back and glorify Him. Amen. Amen. Fell on His face and worshipped Him. Amen. Amen. Let's marry his father. Bless Brother Johnson.